Welcome to Fried, the ultimate guide to burnout podcast. If you've ever been burnt out because of your job, your relationship, or just your life, this is the place for you. We will talk all things burnout by sharing deep stories of personal transformation each week with a new guest who vows to share their stories without leaving out the scary bits. This is raw, honest, and brought to you by acupuncturist and burnout coach Kate Denovan, whose own experiences make her determined to change the current burnout culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fried, the Burnout Podcast. This week, my guest is Darlene Hawley, who is a mother, wife, connector, storyteller, and dream builder. She is also a brand and business clarity coach and the founder of DarleneHawley.com. She helps ambitious, heart-centered online entrepreneurs who are struggling with building a successful personal brand and business. They're afraid to share their unique life story, but know they need to stand out if they want to build an authentic and profitable online business. She helps them build a solid brand foundation so they can share their message with the world, attract dream clients, and have the impact, freedom, and flexibility they desire. Before starting her own business, she worked her way up in big box retail management as a mortgage loan officer and a financial coach. Darlene was trained by the largest business coaching franchise in the world and has been committed to helping entrepreneurs launch and grow their businesses since 2007. She now spends her time supporting women to reach their goals and live out their dream life, all while raising her family and creating memories each and every day. Darlene, thank you so much for being here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today and share my story and just connect and chat with you in the audience. I am thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to have you. We have started every episode by asking the guests to share their burnout story. So I would love to just, I'll take a step back and give you the freedom and the space that you need to, to tell your story in full. Awesome, yeah. Um, so my burnout story started, oh gosh, it's been over 20 years now since um, the first time I really experienced burnout. And to give a little bit of backstory to my burnout story, um, I was a teen mom. Um, I had my oldest son who is now 23 years old when I was 17. So I was pregnant my senior year in high school and I um, graduated from high school. And then three months later I had my son. So um, I was a bit. I was busy. I was um, graduating from high school. I um, was lucky and got an amazing job, and I worked in retail management. Um, and that's kind of where my burnout starts. The story starts is in retail management. I found myself that I was raising a new son. Um, I was working sixty plus hours a week um, inside of. Um, I worked with Best Buy, which is um, a large um, retail electronics store, and I was working a ton of hours. I was coming home from work at the end of the day, feeling exhausted and feeling like I just really wasn't able to um, have everything that I wanted in my life. I was too exhausted to play with my son at the end of the day. And then at work, I was having a lot of mom guilt, not being able to be with my son um, all the time. I found that I was working nights and weekends um, and I was missing some of those special moments. And during that time, I just... um, started struggling. My health started to deteriorate some. Um, I was feeling fatigued and exhausted um, when I was at work. And I was just struggling with trying to find that balance as a new mom, as um, a retail manager, 
working my way up within a company that was an amazing company to work for. I had so many tools and support. Um, and it's, a lot of that is where um, I learned to become a coach, which is what I do now. But at the time, I wasn't sure what coaching was. And I was just feeling exhausted. You could probably relate a little bit to that, just having that burnout time where you're trying to do everything and be everything to everyone. And you want to do your best and give your all to everybody. So when I was at work, I was training and um, motivating and encouraging and um, doing a great job at work. I, was fi- I found that I moved myself up really quickly with the company that I was with. Um, and I was just struggling with feeling exhausted and burnt out all the time. When you, feel, when you say that you were feeling burnt out and exhausted, was exhaustion your primary symptom or were, were there other things going on in your health at that time as well? Um, if you remember... Yeah. I mean, I think a lot, I mean, as a new mom, um, I was just exhausted, (laughs) like having a new child and I was doing it on my own as well. I was also a single mom. So I I had support luckily from my mother and my grandmother um, and my family was around me and supportive, but um, it was just me raising him. So there was, I think that level of exhaustion that just comes with being a new parent and feeling overwhelmed with like all the emotions, like the excitement that comes with it. And then the sleepless nights that come as well. And then I was balancing that with um, learning a career because I had, like I said, I'd come out of high school and I, um, I worked my way up with inside the organization. So I started out as a cashier, but within about, I think it was probably just a few months after I had my son, I had worked my way up into becoming a supervisor. And then like six months from there, I was in management and the expectations that I had for growing the company and um, keeping um, hiring and training and developing the employees that I had coming in. And I was in charge of operations as well. So the whole front of the store was mine. So I was doing all the hiring, all the firing. Um, Meanwhile, with the normal emotions of an early 20 year old. Yes. Yeah. And I was very young. I was in my early twenties when this was happening. So, (laughs) so yeah, I was, I was, it was just exhausting. Like I felt like everybody wanted something from me and I just felt almost to the point where I couldn't give any more of myself because I didn't know what else to give. Yeah. I was just fried, <laughs> burnout, exhausted. Um, and it took a lot to like figure out what it was that was actually causing that. Like I try to balance out, like, do I need to sleep more? Did I need to ha- ask for more support um, from my family in the evenings when I was home? Was I, um, did I need, and I tried cutting back, my work hours. But unfortunately, in the environment that I was in at that time, they didn't really, they they gave us vacation hours. Um, They said we had, you know, the time to do that. But then at the end of the day, when you actually try to request time off, it was always, oh, well, you can't go that week, we have this going on, or this is coming up, and we just can't manage the store without you. Which looking back in hindsight, like, is completely fine. Like, it was was just that I think the pressures that my upper management had on them and which like dwindled down to everybody because everybody is always, it was just a high pressure um, environment to be in. So everybody was high pressure. Nobody wanted anything to look bad or to come wrong. And if district was coming in or if there was, you know, a special show coming up or a walkthrough or something happening, they just expected everything to be perfect. And it would have been perfect if I would have worked 40 hours a week just as right. if it was when I was working the 60. But in hindsight, it, when you're in that moment, it's really hard to like see through. Like if you were to look at it in a different light and like actually focus on what was important, not just all the extra stuff that at that yeah. time in my career was coming up. And I didn't know 
what to focus on and what not to 100%. Like it was really hard to like find those clear boundaries right. for myself at that point for what things needed to be worked on and then what stuff was just me trying to overcompensate and make sure I was perfect because I wanted like I was very successful in my career. Like I won quite a few awards for like top management and I was a trainer. I would go in and train other new store managers um, on how to do uh, my position within the company. So I had my own store that I was running. Plus I was required to like go out and do all these other things. And while I was gone, I was expected to make sure my store ran hundred percent perfectly, whether I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. This is a big issue in especially the American culture, because in Europe it's so normal to have vacation time. When I first moved there, um, my husband said, you know, he had just started his first job. This was 2007. We had both just finished graduate school. And so he had an entry level job, just, you know, very average, like everyday job. And he had 25 days vacation a year and you have to take them or get paid for them. Like there's no way around it. You have to take them. So everyone expects you to take them and everyone expects you to at least once during the year, take two weeks off at a time. Because otherwise, you're not going to have the time to use them all because there's it's five full weeks yeah. of time off. And, this, and that's standard throughout Europe. So I also think that there's just this, um, the American corporate culture is so wound up in the fact that things will not function if everybody isn't there all the time. That how are you as a young 20-something-year-old with a new baby, fresh out of high school, thrown into this position, how you, it is not your job in that position to know sort of what to prioritize and what to deprioritize and what's, you know, the most important thing to work on and what you can let go of. That's crazy. That should be coming from the higher up and there should be an emphasis on taking your time off so that you can really perform when you're there. But that's just not a part of American corporate culture. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. And it's, and when you are allowed that space to step away from your job and from the work that you're doing on a day to day, especially in that um, like retail corporate type yeah. environment, yeah. like you can come back with such like new ideas and new insight yeah. and just learnings about yourself from that time away and yeah. why they don't. And I hope that they do that now. I've been gone from there from for over 20 years now, but like you just hope that they would realize at some point, like the more that our people have a chance to just be on their own and take that time for themselves and have that, you know, harmony and balance in their life, the, the better employee you're going to be, the more you're yeah. going to show up, the more excited you're going to be to, to do the work and to, you know, create yeah. the sales and generate yeah. everything the company is looking to have where they, yeah, they the entire continent, right. So right. worried about making everything perfect. Now they don't look at like the longevity of the employee and how much more they can get when you're relaxed and you actually take care of yourself and you're, you know, you're putting your family first, not your work. Yeah. Like, and it's know, not like the whole get continent. A of, it's not like the whole continent of Europe is underperforming because of their vacation days. Right. They're doing pretty well. They're fine. <laughs> Trust me. I lived there for 12 years. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. No. It's and it's crazy. So, and, and the, that expectation of having someone that's in their young twenties be at that level and make decisions at that level is 
wild. I mean, at 20, I think I could have probably done it too because I was a, I was a go-getter and blah, blah, blah. But the things that I know about myself now at 37 and the things that I know about life now is way different than what I knew then. Yeah. No, I, I can only imagine stepping back into that environment now just with right. what I've already gone through and what I've learned as an entrepreneur and having my own business and actually taking care of myself first and putting me before um, other things at different points. Like I'm a better person because of that. So going back into that environment now, it would be a totally different. I don't even think I would allow it. I wouldn't allow it to get back to that place because I think I've just learned so much, so much about myself and the boundaries that I've set in place just as, you know, with my own business now, like I would take that with me. Like I couldn't imagine going back and getting to a point where I was completely exhausted and just didn't have the energy to show up the way that I needed to, to do the work that I was doing then. I want people to hear that again. After going through that, coming through it, creating your own business, doing all of these things, you cannot imagine going back to a life that would allow you to be that exhausted anymore. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Take that a bow. So true. Like, I, I could it I could not physically go back to it like emotionally exhaust like mentally like there's no way you can go back to that type of environment once you come to the other side and see what you've gone through and how you did things and like just like how you've learned from the past like you're like you can't go back to that you have to continue to move forward and help other people realize that as well because like as a coach now like when I talk to some of my clients they're they're exhausted because some of them are working a full-time career still and they're transitioning to having their own business. Yeah. And that's why they're leaving. That's they're craving what they're not getting from corporate America and from those jobs. They just need a little bit of freedom, a little bit of flexibility and a, that ability to kind of have that balance yeah. that we, we yeah. all need. And what you said that was that you have different boundaries now. The, the, the specific word that you used was boundaries. And then what I think what happens with new entrepreneurs is that, and I'm, maybe I'm just talking about myself here, raising hand emoji right now. When you get into an entrepreneurship type of situation, what you're going for is freedom. So you don't put up good boundaries because you are trying to break free of the jail that was created for you. And then you burn out in your entrepreneurship because you didn't find the balance between super clear structure that's overwhelming and the structure that you need to create for yourself in order to be successful and not go crazy. Yeah. No, and you have to find that balance because I think when yeah. you come from, like it's, it's easy as an entrepreneur to know you need boundaries and sometimes we can get too lax with them, right? Like there's yeah. times where you have too much freedom and flexibility. And that's why like for myself, I have to, like I map out my week ahead of time. I have to know exactly what's coming up, what I'm working on, when I'm going to work on it. And I plug it into um, my schedule as, as well as like my drop off and pickups for my kids with school and sport activities and doctor's appointments. Like everything's got to have a place in yeah. your schedule so that you can stay focused but when you're working for corporate America or somebody else, like you miss out on making those doctor's appointments or you miss out on some of those activities because you're not able to put them in your calendar. So I think that's, that's my favorite thing about being an entrepreneur and having my business is just knowing that I can still get it all done, but I can do it on my time and I can make it um, work for myself and with my family and my, nobody has to suffer from it. Nobody has to feel burnt out or exhausted. You just have 
the ability to know that some days are going to be more family focused and some days are going to be more work focused and some days you're going to have you know, back-to-back calls with clients or you're going to have interviews on podcasts or you're going to networking events or you're doing the different things. But you can look at that schedule ahead of time and kind of make arrangements and then, or maybe some weeks are busier for work and the next week might be a slower week for you so you can have more family time. But you get to kind of create that schedule versus having somebody else tell you that's what it has to be and what it needs to look like every single week. Yeah. Yeah. And, but for some people, I feel like the, it's nice for them to have that outside someone telling them, this is what you're going to do Monday. This is what you're going to do Tuesday. And when they don't have that, it can be tricky in the beginning. Oh yeah. No, it took me, I won't, I'll completely be honest. It took me a little while to learn that because at first when you start your own business, you're just like, wow, I have all these hours and they're mine and there's nowhere (laughs) I have to be or nothing I have to do. And that doesn't, that doesn't work either. <laughs> like you can't run a business when you have that two lacks of a schedule. Like for me, I have, I can't just wake up and decide what I'm going to do today. Like, like I said, I have to kind of have, I still had to build a structure for myself yeah. to get things done just because I work that's, and that's just me. That's just, I work better with a little bit of a structure, but it's my schedule and my structure. It's not that you have control else's. over. Yeah. Yeah. Same for yeah. me. So you were in this place where your health was sort of struggling, you're fatigued, you're exhausted and you knew you needed to make a change. Then what? Yeah. And so I wish I could say at this point in the story, like I just jumped out of retail and started my own business. Um, but for me, it was, um, it was a couple of things that happened. Like I said, I, my health was deteriorating. Um, I was going to the doctors, just getting, um, some blood work and different things looked at. Um, I had some health stuff that was coming up for me, but the real thing that really triggered, um, that I was going to leave retail and, you know, I wanted to do something different with my life was my mom was, um, taken in a car accident. Um, so this was back in 2001, um, she was um, with my with my oldest son at the time, who was um, five years old, and they were in a car accident together. And my mom didn't make it. And I remember getting that phone call, and I was working so much that I was actually my son and my mom were in Las Vegas at the time, and I was doing um, work up in um, Northern California. And I got a phone call that I had to come home; that there was an accident, and they didn't know anything else at that point. And you know, I was just going through the motions of getting that phone call and like trying to figure out, like, I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know even at that point when I got the initial phone call that my mom had passed and I didn't know, you know, how hurt they were, what was happening. Um, and I had to, you know, find a way down to the airport in San Francisco and fly back into Las Vegas, which is home for me. That's where I was born and raised. Um, and when I got back, I learned that my mom had passed away and that my son was in the hospital. Oh my goodness. Um, and so there was all the emotions, you know, losing my mom and, you know, trying to figure out who I was without her anymore and then taking care of my son. And thank God, like, I thank God every single day that he was okay. Um, he had to have a small surgery, but other than that, like he's perfect to this day. Um, but for me, like the, the big impact place was at my mom's funeral. I remember, um, after the, um, the service, we had walked down to where we were going to lay her to rest And I just remember being up at the front with her and I turned around for some reason and I just saw like people, like there was so many people that came to my mom's service. Um, She had made such an impact in everybody else's lives. I kind of, it was almost like time stood still for a second. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, this is what I want in my life. Like, I don't want to 
feel burnt out and exhausted and stressed and feel like I'm not able to have the relationships that I want to have. I want to be able to like nurture and love on people and know that I'm making an impact in the world. And so after that time, I just did a a lot of soul searching and about, it was about a year later is when I decided to leave um, retail, but it was just, it was a lot of emotions, a lot of thoughts and a lot of like soul searching for myself going, what do I want to do? How can I make an impact? How can I leave, lead a life like my mom did and just have so many people that generally loved her and cared about her that wanted to be there for her. Um, and there, and with us during that time, like I was like, I just want that. I don't want to feel the way I was feeling anymore. So that was kind of like my big, huge wake up call. And I wish I would have got it a million other ways. Cause it's definitely yeah. not the way um, that I wish I would have received it. But the biggest lesson I learned from losing her was that I had, I had to make a change. I physically had to make a change and do something different. Um, and it took about a year from there to do that. But that's when I really started um, transitioning things and realizing like that I wasn't in a, I was in a career that was good because I made great money. Um, I loved what I did but it was just, it was too much. It wasn't what, where it wasn't the way I wanted to lead my life. I want to be able to, to give back to my community and to support people and love on them in a different way. And also be home with my son um, and just balance things in a whole different way. Yeah. I read that was kind of like that big moment. Yeah. I read the posts that you wrote about this on Instagram. And after you tell the story that you just told me, you wrote, it's time to stop waiting for the perfect time. Do what you love and are passionate about. Start that business you've been thinking about. Call that family member you haven't spoken to in years. Book that ticket and go on that dream, that dream vacation. Life is way too short to have regrets. I challenge you to stop what you're currently doing and really look at your life. Are you doing what makes you happy and lights you up? If not, what steps could you take to get you there? Yeah, and I got so many emails and yeah. people that had direct messaged me after that because we hold ourselves back so often because, you know, we're not starting the businesses that we want to start. We're not sure of the steps we need to do. And we are, we're afraid to reach out and ask for help or we're staying stuck and not going on those dream vacations and not doing the things that we want to do because we're, we just feel like we're overwhelmed and stressed and it's just one more thing to add to our list. So we don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, those are the things that when we do do them, that give us like the, the, joy back into our lives and make us more um, relatable to the people that we're working with and we're able to connect in different levels. Yeah. And I love that about your work now. So you work with people's stories, especially helping people to create their brand story and to really own it. And when I was reading through your material, reading through your Instagram and your blog posts, and to me, this question just popped up into my mind and it felt like you were asking me, even though we weren't speaking at the time, it felt like you were asking me, do you own your story or does it own you? Mm. And I feel like it felt to me that the work that you do is about not only helping people to take charge of their story and tell it, but to really own it to own their story. And when you're able to do that, even the bits that you didn't like losing your mother at a young age to a tragic car accident is not the way you would have chosen, just like you said. But that story can own you or you can own it. Yeah. 
and, and, the, I, and yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like when you're sharing your own story and sharing those pieces of you, nobody else has that sto- that story. It's yours yeah. and yours alone. And every single thing that happens in your life, like that's going to lead you to where you are today. And some of it's not going to be, some of it's messy, some of it's, you know, ugly, some of it's heartbreaking. Um, and not everybody has, you know, stories like mine where it's, you know, a loss. Sometimes it's just relationships that take changes um, or it's things from that we're told from our parents or things that we hear from work and how we respond to them that kind of, you know, pulls our story together. But those yeah. are all different pieces. And every single one of us has a completely different story. We might do the exact same work, but or we might have the same type of business or we might be trying to like make the same type of impact in the world. But each of us are going to do that in a different way because each of us has a different story and a different um, transformation that's happened to us that brought us to where we're at today. So yeah, you can own, you have to own your story. Um, It it doesn't own you, you own it because you get to take the pieces of it. Um, And it's kind of like a big puzzle. It's kind of like how I like to like envision it. Like there's all these different pieces of our past um, and there's the pieces of our future as well. And then there's kind of like the in-between and it's how you put that together and how you share that message with people that can really resonate and connect you together with them. Yeah. And I think that's so incredibly powerful. Like, and I, I wrote down while I was looking through your stuff, you know, that's an amazing avoid burnout tip because a lot of people are stuck in stories that they don't want to be living because they don't want to look back and know what their story was and own their story. Yeah. You know, they're avoiding something. So they're burning out because they're ignoring pieces of their story. And you could have been someone who chose to ignore pieces of your story and you didn't, you know, you didn't. And and there's so many pieces. Yeah. And there's so many things too. Like, I think a lot of us are afraid to like change our our story too. Like we have the ability to not only like take the pieces from our life and kind of put it back together the way that we want to, but we can change that path too. Like it doesn't have, if you're not happy with how things are in your life today, you get to own that. You get to make a choice though and put the steps in place to change that. So if you're not happy in a job or you're not happy in a relationship or you're not happy with something, or maybe you're thrilled with it, but maybe you want something bigger or better, like you get to choose those things and you can create your own story and change it as you go. The ending doesn't have to be where, where you're at today. Like there's still time for you to change that story and life is short. So you have to kind of make those decisions. I think, I feel like a lot of people like feel like they have tomorrow. And one of the things that I learned like with losing my mom is life is super short. Like we don't know how long we're going to have here. So when you're really stuck and in those places where you're not sure how to move forward, like that's when you need to ask for help. That's when you need to talk to a coach or to a therapist or talk to, you know, invite a friend over for coffee or go meet somebody um, for a drink, but just take that time to, to not just sit there and kind of sit on it, but really ask the questions to get you to take it yourself to the next level because you get to, you get to write your own ending of the story. It's not like when something bad happens, it doesn't end there. You, you get to turn it around and change it and make it the life that you want. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a great, I think it's just such a good burnout tip because like one of the reasons that I do this podcast is because I love the books, the series of books called Coyote Wisdom by Lewis Mel Madrona. And they're all about using the wisdom of storytelling as a healing tool. So I like to use your stories as a healing tool. And because I I spent, 
well, I'm spending, I still work in them. I've spent so many years in the healing arts. I know the power of words and the power of stories. And so other people listening to your story is part of this podcast. But for me, the realization that we can give people today that you can get that you give people through your work, this ability to take charge of your story and put it all together and organize it the way you want it and really, really own it. I think it's an amazing tool to avoid burnout. Yeah. I completely agree. And I didn't, it's a storytelling is the crux of everything that I do. And I still didn't think about that statement until I was reading through your stuff today. Hmm. You know, I don't know why, I don't know why it took me so long, (laughs) but really owning your story and being in charge of it instead of it being in charge of you is definitely one of the ways that we avoid burnout because when your story owns you, you're in victim mode, right? Yeah, you completely are. And when you decide that you don't have the the story doesn't own you anymore, it gives you the ability to to make those changes and to um to step out of who you are being and who you don't want to be anymore and become who you want to be. And you yeah. can shine that way. You can show up in the world the way that feels really good to you. And it's not you're not stuck there. Like it's not if you don't feel good where you're at, like it's okay to know, like you're, it's okay to sit there for a minute and kind of yep. realize that you're not happy or that you want to make a change or you want to do something different. But you know, you have to kind of have those like breadcrumbs to get you out of it. Yeah. And kind of follow the steps to get there. If somebody is listening now and they're saying, I don't even know what my story is, like what would you tell them to do to start? Yeah. The first thing that I, um, tell my clients to do is just to sit down in a quiet room and I'm a big fan of journaling. Yeah. Um, so I have my clients to sit down and start writing down any, any ideas that come to them, anything that were like big moments in their life or places where, um, things like stir up for them. Like if they're thinking back about their childhood or, um, when they were a young adult or a teenager, like any of those stories that we have um, that just kind of sit there and we like rethink of them, or maybe they're good stories that we feel like we tell if we're at a campfire or if we're hanging out with friends, like those stories that kind of always come up for us, just kind of mm-hmm. start writing those down and playing with them. You don't have to do anything with them at first, like just get them pen to paper. Um, and then after you write down all the stories, then you can kind of start to look at them and see like which of these stories actually Um, Have I come through? Like, have I gone from like point A to point B? Which of these stories am I still kind of feeling stuck in? Do I feel like I'm still in this place? Um, And you kind of like just write them all out and then kind of look and see where you're at currently with it. And then also look for like a common theme. Like, is there a theme within the stories, especially as a business owner? And if you're sharing like your, your brand story with your audience, if you're looking at that piece, like which pieces of these stories really relates to my audience and they'll be able to see their self in, or they'll be able to see how I went from point A to point B. Um, and then which of these are stories that are just more personal stories that maybe they're not, there's not really a point to them. So why would I share this piece? Um, I always say, so, so you, sorry, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. So write everything out, kind of <laughs> find like the, the transitions between it. 
um, see which things um, really stick out to you. Like one of the things um, when I wrote out all mine, um, the word determine, determined and like determination yeah. was something that came up like a ton. Like all of my stories have this theme like that I was determined to become successful. I was determined to be a great mother and I wanted to, I was determined to um, leave a legacy like my mother had. Like that word showed up a ton. So when I share my brand story now, like I use the word determined a lot. Right. It was kind of like a central word that I can kind of connect like the different pieces from my past to. So once you write all that out, kind of find what that common theme is and then pick a few of the stories that feel really good to you that you also know would relate to your audience. So if you are creating a brand story, you want to be able to tell stories that are going to resonate to your audience to attract them in, right? Like you wouldn't tell a story that wouldn't make sense to them because they would hear it and they would move on and not feel like it was really a story meant for them. But you want to connect those stories from your life to your audience um, and start sharing them that way. Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) How real life happens while we podcast. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So I, what is she barking at? Um, I really like that. And one of the things that it reminded me of, because you did B-School as well, right? I did, yeah. So one of the things that that reminded me of was when in during the B-School, which is an online sort of business coaching uh, program by Marie Forleo, during B-School, there is an exercise where she asks us to ask, I think it's 25 people to use three words to describe us. Yeah. And then figure out which ones are being repeated. That was a crazy exercise for me. If you you found the word determined in that time, when I went through that, I, I kept finding words that meant brave, courageous, daring, kind of different versions of that, but over and over and over again. And I never thought of myself that way before. Hmm. And that's interesting because a lot of times, I think you have to have those con- conversations with other people to kind of learn a little bit more about you. It's like they have like a secret insight to us. Yeah. Because when I did that same exercise, I I had done it prior as well. But I remember specifically um, sending out a few emails and messaging a few people on Facebook Messenger and be like, hey, I'm doing this exercise. Like, what three words do you think of when you think of me? And it was eye opening because some of the things that you would get back, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then other ones you're like, oh, I didn't even think I, I never even noticed that that was something in, inside me that, you know, that I was super helpful or kind or generous. Like those are words that you know of, but you don't think about how you're, how they play a part in who you are. So it's always a good exercise too, to like have other people tell you what words spark for yourself versus just what you've come up with on your own. Yeah. Well, and it changed my story a little bit and gave me a little bit more ownership of it because when I was telling my story before then, there was a lot of fear in it because you can't be brave or courageous if you don't feel fear. It's not a brave and courageous thing to do if it's not something that causes fear. Then it's just a regular thing that you do. And when I started thinking about my story through that lens, I was like, oh, well, this is, this is a different story. Hmm. Yeah. And it, it's just a great way to put perspective on your story because I think we forget so much. It's easy for us when we're, when you're in the moment and you're just living your life. Like sometimes the things that happen, you don't realize are actually a story you can share. Yeah. 
to, you know, grow your business or to build relationships or to have community around you. Just but those little stories that we don't think of are the ones that I think make the biggest impact. It's kind of like the day-to-day story that we're able to share, you know, and whether it's I was walking home from school with my kid at pickup and my child said this and it made me think of this. Like there's so many ways that you can kind of tie in little pieces of our life into our business world as well. Yeah. I actually love that. I've seen in a couple of places in some interviews that you did and on your website, it says, um, before we get started, grab a cup of chai. And it makes Mm. me love you immediately because I love chai. You know, I'm like, I'll go sit down and have a cup of chai with you, you know, just immediately. And it's, it's not even a whole story. It's a sentence. It's an invitation even, but it's about you. Yeah. And everybody knows that I love chai. So like I've met with people, um, and from networking events or whatever after the fact and they they've been like oh let's go grab a chai and I'm like how did you even know that I like chai I'm like oh yeah it's on my website <laughs> <laughs> but that's the yeah. power of a story that's the power of of using those words so yeah. and it's so small right like it's, yeah it's, it's, a, just, it's a one-line sentence but yep. it can totally can build an instant connection with somebody and it also could totally deter somebody. If somebody doesn't like chai, they might be like, oh, I'm not going to coffee with Darlene because she wants a chai and that's not my jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like fair enough. Um, and I'm going to do a really not graceful segue back to your burnout story because we got into telling stories and I think that's super important and it's you know what you do. So I wanted to talk about it. But you, you, know, you had this in crazy, intense sort of realization at your mom's funeral. And then it took you a year to make the decision. And then after you made that decision, what happened? Yeah. So, um, I knew I was done with retail and I wanted to change and I wanted something different. And, um, I ended up looking just like everybody does. I started looking at different job opportunities and tried to see what other things were out there. And I had put my resume on I don't even know if the website is still around anymore, but like monster.com. And I had gotten um, a phone call from a company who sold franchises for business coaching. Oh. And I'm, I was kind of in shock at first. I was like, I don't know what business coaching is. I'm not sure how this would relate, but I was super curious as to when I did the research um, on the company, I was like, Oh, this is super interesting. I wonder how this would, how my past, you know, had, could bring me to this place to where I could be a business coach. I'm like, I did retail management. I did a ton of like training and HR work, but I wasn't sure how the correlation would go. So I scheduled the interview kind of for fun. And most of it was because I hadn't done a ton of interviewing at that point. It was one of the first companies that had reached back out to me. And I was like, Oh, it'll be great practice for where I'm going to, you know, whatever I'm going to land on. And within probably about 10 minutes on the call, I just had like this gut reaction feeling of, oh my gosh, this is what I've been doing my whole entire life <laughs> is coaching. Like, and it, it went back as far as like, even just being like, I, I think even like a child, like a teenager though, like my friends would always come to me and want advice. They always came to me with questions and how should I handle this or how, what, sh- what should I do about this? And then in retail management, that was the exact same thing I was doing. I was helping my employees either work their self up within the company, and I was helping them kind of create a, a master plan for how they were going to do that. And some of them were just there for, you know, because they were going through college or they were in high school still and they just needed the job. But most of them would come to me like wanting to know like how they should move forward in life. And so when I was on the phone call 
on the interview, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, this like position was completely made for me. So I was like, it was almost like an automatic yes. Like I had to figure out a bunch of pieces to go with it, but it was like, I finally found my calling and there was a title to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could name it something. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I started a franchise, um, as a business coach and I've been doing that since 2007 and it was it was the perfect segue and path I needed to get away from that environment where I was never home. I was always working. I wasn't home on weekends, evenings, and it gave me the flexibility to have my own business, um, change things around so that I'm ho- I was home in the evenings. And one of the most important things for me is to tuck my children in bed at night. Yeah. And I now can say that I do that almost every night. I mean, yeah, there's the occasional conference or something that I'm at and I, you know, but I'm strategic about it. I can plan it ahead of time. I can make sure I have the support in place if I do have to travel or if I'm working with a client late or if I choose to go to a networking event that happens to be an evening one, I can make those choices for myself. And that's what I wanted. That was like the big thing that I needed was just that flexibility to not have somebody else tell me what I was doing. When I needed to be there, it was more I could make the schedule that I needed. And that's what gave me that breakaway from feeling burnt out and exhausted and fried. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then you stayed in that position for how long? Um, With the franchise, I was with them for as far as like with them. Yeah, I was with the franchise for about two and a half years. And then after that, um, I went off on my own and started my own practice just under my name. So now it's just under darlingholly.com instead of being under the franchise. Yeah. Um, and I definitely struggled my first few couple of years in business, yeah. especially with the franchise. There was a lot of things I didn't know. I went from working in you know retail management with employees to working with business owners. And I left, or when I started the franchise, I got like all the tools and the support and all the training and I knew exactly how to coach. And what's funny is I didn't know during that time, like how to really niche down and how to find my ideal clients and how to um, create offers that were going to be the right fit for my, um, the clients that I was reaching out to. And after I left them, I kind of did some more soul searching and um, I really honed in on those things for myself and got really crystal clear on it for myself. And now that's what I teach my clients is how to (laughs) set that super strong brand foundation so that you know exactly who you're working with, why you're working with them, what kind of offers you want to provide for them, how to create a 90-day plan that you can actually follow and have the success with. Where when I first started with the franchise, I got really caught up in like learning how to be a business coach and like the things I could teach, but I didn't it took me a little while to figure out how I actually got the clients though. <laughs> but now, now I know how to do that. And so now I can help others do that as well, which is awesome. That's so cool. And then you've been in that for how long? Yeah, I've, well, I've been coaching since 2007 and I've um, had my, so I've had my own business since then doing it. Um, but I guess it's been since 2009, 2010 that I've been completely on my own, um, just with my own business. So how many so years cool. is that? Nine, 10 years? <laughs> it goes That's, so fast. Sometimes I can't believe that we're already in like 2019. <laughs> you're like, when did that happen? <laughs> like it's been a couple years. <laughs> but yeah, it's been 10. <laughs> so if there's somebody out there right now who's working, you know, a regular job and making decent money and doing all the right things, but feeling exhausted and they're not sure what the first step is, what would you tell them? Yeah, the first step is really just to sit down 
and start writing out all the things, all the skills that you have, all the things that you can bring to the table and start finding a way that you can either start your own business so that you can create the life that you want or find out what things really matter to you. Um, and then um, just get the help and the support that you need. If you're overwhelmed and burnt out, there's so many resources out there nowadays. Um, and thank goodness we have the internet. You can do a Google search, like how to change whatever it is that's burning you out or um, feel, making you feel exhausted. Like just start talking to people, start building those relationships and start finding ways to, to get to where you want to be in your life. Yeah, I think talking to people is a huge part of it because I feel like we're we're taught, especially the American culture is very individualistic and it's very much like you should be able to figure out everything on your own. And the fact of the matter is sometimes you just need outside perspective. Like you might write down your skill set and miss a whole bunch of them because you don't think that they're skills because you never thought of them like that before because they're easy for you. Yeah, and that's you know? where that like that market research that's what I call it with my clients. Like, obviously, depending on where, you're, what stage you're at, if you're um, just leaving corporate, you know, calling friends, family, kind of like the exercise we just talked about. Yeah. Like, reach out to other people and say, "What are my, what, what are my gifts? Like, what are like, what things do you like about me?" And ask them too, like for the dirty, ugly stuff too. Like, what things don't you like about me? What things show up that maybe I'm not even realizing that I'm doing? Yeah, so you yeah. Care work on it or you can at least know that's maybe a flaw of yours and um, how you're going to handle that when it comes up. Right. And what's the thing that you call me for? You know, what is it, what's happening in your life? What's going wrong in your life when you decide that I'm the person that you need to talk to? Yeah. Yeah. And we all have different skills and different things. Yeah. We all have the, the friends that we call for certain things, you know, the friend that we call yeah. for just to like spend some time with and have a coffee and the friend that we call when we're actually having a crisis and we need some you know, assistance. And we have the friend that we call who's rational and reasonable and reasonable and going to tell us to like keep our feet on the ground and not go crazy. And the friend that we call, you are one of those friends to someone. Yeah. And it, and it's so important to know who those friends are in your life because you, you might be the same way with this. Like there's certain people, if I want to hear something, I won't call because I'll call yeah. somebody who I know is going to tell me exactly how it is. Or maybe, um, if I, if I want to have a pity party, I know who to call who might let me go there. And yeah. I also have friends who are going to be like, absolutely not, Darlene. Like, this is not true. <laughs> this is a story you're telling yourself. So and it's so important to have those, like, to name those different relationships to a degree. Like, yeah. I have my, like, I have my business coaches and I have my colleagues that are, you know, do similar work to me. And I know exactly who I can call. And sometimes I call the wrong person because I I'm not ready to go where I need to go yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes yeah. you need to sit in the muck and kind yeah. of, you know, have that self-pity party for a minute. But I also know when it's time to make those changes, I know exactly who it is I need to call yeah. so they can help bring me up to where I need to be. Yeah. This is how I figured out some of my like gifts. I've had multiple people tell me over the years that I am not the person they call unless they are really ready to hear the truth and make a change. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, I do shortcuts. I hear something. I'm going to tell you, you don't want to hear it. Don't tell me. Yeah. And that's, and that's, perfect like that's the kind of friend that you want to have because they know that they can Sometimes. call you and that you're gonna get home they, they probably don't call you when they don't want that because yeah, they already exactly. know that about you <laughs> exactly I had a friend recently not well not so long ago tell me you know I've I've been really upset and I knew that I was upset and I knew that you would be totally okay with it but I wasn't totally okay with it so I didn't want to call you because I didn't want to talk about me being sad and you I wasn't going to be able to lie to you about it so I just ignored you 
I said, that's fine. I'm that's here. Why I haven't picked up the phone for a few weeks. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like totally fine. I get it. You know, but when you want to have that honest conversation, whether that on- honest conversation is I'm depressed and I need to cry, that's fine with me, you know, but the honest mm-hmm. conversation, don't call me and feed me bullshit. Everybody knows that. Yeah. I'm not yeah. that friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not that friend. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm nice to a degree. Like even with my clients, like I'm super nice and like all my clients love me and my friends love me. Um, but they also know that I'm not going to be too nice. Like you don't want to like sugarcoat it and be like, yeah. Oh, you know, you're perfect. Just the way you are. When in all reality, you're like, but let's talk about this. Like you just said this, how could this be impacting you or what would happen yeah. if this changed? Let's, <laughs> like, un- let's need- actually unpack this problem. And then they're like, yeah. Oh, we shit. Need to- <laughs> that unreasonable friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to get down with us. Well, I think that that's great advice. So if you are stuck in a job where you're feeling burnt out and you're not sure what to do next and you're not sure what's possible and what's out there, sitting down and writing out the skills that you know you have and then doing some short interviews with your friends and family and asking them about the skills that they think you have will help you narrow down what your possibilities are to get you to a place where burnout is going to be less prevalent in your life. Yes. I think that's a great tip. Do you have any parting words of wisdom as we wrap up today? I think you just gave them such a good gift. So I think we can wrap up there, but if there's anything that's floating around the back of your head, I would like there to be space for it. Yeah. I think the only thing that um, I would add to it is that we are all gifted with unique gifts and we all have a story that we can share. And it's just so important that we find our unique message that we want to bring to the world. Um, So um, if you're stuck, like reach out to me, find somebody in your life that you can talk to um, and just get those transformations going, like start living the life that you want to live because we only have one life. So let's make it as amazing as possible. And yeah, I just think we all have such amazing gifts and such amazing stories. And if you're stuck and you're burnt out and you're exhausted, find someone to help you get out of there. Yeah. Amen to that. Darlene, thank you so much for your time and your energy and your wisdom and your story today. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been so fun talking with you. All right, everybody, that wraps up another episode of Fried the Burnout Podcast. If this was useful to you, please do share it with everyone you know and love and give us a review, subscribe, and do all the things that you know that the social media gods love. Until next time. Before you sneak away, I just want to let you know that within the next two weeks, I will be starting a crowdfunding campaign that I will be sending out on all of my social media channels and in my newsletter, and it is to raise money in order for me to be able to self-publish my first book called The Bounce Back Ability Factor, and the rewards that I'm planning are copies of the book, copies of the ebook. Bounce Back Oil, which was an essential oil blend that my friend created for me to help you bounce back faster, and third eye pillows and coaching packages and all sorts of really fun stuff. So I want you to keep your eyes peeled for that. And if you are not on my social media channels, you can head to Instagram and follow me at Kate underscore Donovan or at Fried the Burnout Podcast. And I will be posting this everywhere. So get ready for it. And I really can't wait to feel your support because this book is so important and is going to help so many people. So keep your eyes peeled. Thank you.